Welcome back. Final episode of season two, the You Made New podcast. I'm JC. It's time to wrap it up. I'm actually a little sad about it, to tell the truth. This has been such a cool season for me, just because I feel so strongly about this whole process, the the health of the mind. I, I just think everything changes when you begin to move in this direction. And so I've loved every minute of it watching each um, episode unfold and kind of seeing where the Lord would take us with this. And I felt a little responsibility. Man, this is the last episode. How do you end with an exclamation point? Like, what do you even talk about that can just kind of drive it home at the end? And again, the more I began to pray about it, oh, oh, it came. (laughs) I love, love the subject of this episode. Um, We've, we've, I'm, I'm not going to take all the time to review. We did that last last time and talked about all the different things that we've gone over, all the different ways that the Lord can renew our minds. And we talked about entering into his rest, to reaching this transformational state where things are just different. But what we're going to do today is talk about the ultimate goal of this entire journey, of this whole path, of this whole process The ultimate goal, um, we've talked about many, many goals, (laughs) little steps that we're taking along the way to find improvement, to get healthier in our minds and to quiet the crazy. But today it's the ultimate goal to me that I think kind of brings it all together. As we continue walking this path, as we pursue Christ, draw near to him, Seek his guidance, his wisdom. Seek his help with our repentance, our metanoia. Eventually, the goal is to become so close to him, so united with him, so one with him, that we actually reach the place where we abide in him and he in us. That's language from John chapter 15. Abide in me, Christ says, and and I in you. This is a complete union of us with our sweet savior, where we are just no longer him helping me every once in a while. We have come together full oneness, full unity, and we're abiding in him and he is living in us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What that even means, what it looks like, how we reach that place. Um, I think perhaps you've heard, you've read John 15 before it's verses one through five, you know, and where Christ talks about this, about abiding in him. It also is found in other places in scripture, but, and you may understand it. So forgive me for those who haven't really delved into abiding in Christ. Let's just talk for a minute about what that means. I mean, we could just start with the word abide. So to abide means to live or to dwell, to live somewhere. But it also brings a connotation of permanence to stay there. So if you abide somewhere, you live there and you stay there, um, you remain in that place. So to abide in Christ means we're staying with him. We're living in him. We're dwelling in him. But the in you part of that phrase, abide in me and me in you, that's kind of the trickier part because we're talking not just about him with us or imagining him beside us or helping us or speaking to us in our minds. Those are all good things. But in this episode, we're talking about reaching a state where he is in us and we are in him. He talks about this a lot of different places. The more I've studied the idea, the idea of Christ in us 
and us abiding in him and he in us. I actually found the Apostle John has a special penchant for this idea. It is all over in his writings. Um, I, I kind of started to notice it several years ago. And so I really dove in and, and just kind of, I took a special highlighting color just for this. <laughs> and my book of John and also the epistles of John are full of this idea. I think John also understood that coming to Christ has all kinds of different levels, but our ultimate goal, like we said at the beginning, is to abide in him, to allow him to live in us and we live in him and we stay in that place. Um, let me give you just a few examples. In In the book of John, chapter six is a huge sermon on that. We could do a whole 20 minutes just on John chapter six. In fact, I do that with an entire cl- uh, session of my satisfied class. So if this idea is intriguing to you, Um, Satisfied has a lot of things we go over, but one of them is this idea. We go deep into John 6. So I outlined that there. I won't do it here. Um, But then we get into those chapters like 14, 15, 16, which are the last few hours before Christ is crucified. I mean, those are the moments where he is almost out of time to teach his apostles and to prepare them for what's about to happen. And so the teachings he gives in those last final hours after the last supper and before Gethsemane are just so power packed. And this is one of the ideas that he drives home again and again and again. Like I said, in 14, um, he talks about how he has that relationship with the father in verse 10. He talks about how the father's in me. He dwells in me and, and he does the works through me, that abiding relationship he has with the father. And then he goes through in 14 and talks about, I'm offering that to you as well. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So he explains this in 14 again. I, I'd love to spend a whole session going through 14, but we don't have time. So I'm just dropping a few little um, places that you can go study this if you want to. 15 is the, the passage we already talked about. Abide in me. He uses the vine and the branches that we've taught in other episodes. But he specifically says to his men before Gethsemane comes, abide in me. You're about to lose me and you're going to panic, but you can abide in me and I in you. This is what the whole goal is. In John 17, when he offers his intercessory prayer, he talks again and again. The theme pops up of Lord or God, let them be in me as I am in you. It's this unity, this coming together, dwelling in him and he in us. And then you pop over the epistles and man, it's loaded I mean, John just pulled out all the stops. In fact, one time I was studying this and I started counting through all the epistles of John, how many times the phrase in him or in you, this concept was used. And I found it was over 35 times in just those five short epistles. So John, you think John maybe is trying to get us to understand something? Um, Let me give you a few examples. I do have that one open, but in John, um, let's see, in the end of two, he said, he that, very last verse of, of 1 John 2, he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he's given us. He's talking about abiding, dwelling in Christ. Um, chapter four is loaded. It's like the whole chapter. He talks about Christ being in us. And then over in 13, hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. And then in 15, whoever shall confess Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. 
It's just over and over. In 16, he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. So again and again, that's in the end of 5, 1 John 5. It's just everywhere. I'm belaboring the point, but you get the idea. If we don't come to understand this, we're missing one of the most beautiful concepts in the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are not to just follow him or obey him or serve him or listen to him, which are all good things. Please know. <laughs> all good things. But the ultimate goal, the ultimate aim, our entire vision should be focused as we're walking with him and coming to him and drawing near to him on reaching the place where we abide in him. What there is a continual connection with him that goes unsevered no matter what we're doing throughout our day. That sounds familiar, right? We've been talking about that, but we're calling it today abiding in Christ. I have a favorite quote from religious leader David A. Bednar. He says this, It is one thing to know that Jesus Christ came to earth to die for us. That is fundamental and foundational to the doctrine of Christ. But we also need to appreciate that the Lord desires through his atonement and the power of the Holy Ghost to live in us, not only to direct us, but also to empower us. That's our subject today. Letting Christ live in us and we live in him. I heard someone say once that helped me visualize this, that it's kind of like being in an airplane. (laughs) So when I go to the airport and go on a trip and walk into that airplane and sit down and buckle my seatbelt, I'm still just JC in my very limited, limited, weak capacity. But because I'm now in that airplane, I have the capacity to do things and and experience things that I could never, ever do on my own. I'm Because I'm in that airplane, I can fly across the country. In just hours, I can be on the other side of the world. And I can't, I'm not capable of that, but because I'm in that plane, I have access to all the plane's abilities and powers. So as I become, come to a place where I am in Christ, he is in me, I have access to do things that I could never, never do on my own. We've talked about this, to find a peace that is not humanly possible without his help, to find joy. That's just, again, due to my circumstances and the trials and difficulties we face, a joy that's not possible unless we're just fully abiding in him. When he is in us and we are in him, His patience is our patience. His wisdom is our wisdom. His strength is our strength. We have access, like that airplane, to everything he is and everything that he can make us become because we're abiding in him. I just, I get, I get like goosebumps when I'm just talking about this. I think it's the coolest, coolest concept. You can see why he taught this right at the very, very tail end of his ministry to these sweet men that he loves so much. They've been walking with him for three years. They learned a lot from him, but right at the end, right is about to, it's all going to fall apart for a few short hours. And then they're going to experience his resurrection He introduces them to the idea that, okay, three years, you've been walking with me. Now you're going to be in me and me in you through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the power of the Spirit. I can be in you, empowering you, giving you rest 
giving you peace, filling you with everything that you could possibly need to be whole, to be new, to be transformed, to be sound. Ultimately, all of this happens. Everything we've talked about this entire season happens as we are found in Christ, as he fills us and lives in us and empowers empowers us from within. So, so cool. I think back to that list that we talked about in episode eight of this season. It was the mind of Christ where we talked about Galatians five, the fruit of the spirit. And where Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit and he gives this whole big long list, love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and temperance. But again, through the spirit, through the power of the spirit, it's Christ dwelling us in us, filling us with each of those fruits in such abundance that again, we're able, and we talked about this in that episode, refresh yourself. If you've forgotten, go back and listen to it. We talked about being able to do things we can't do on our own in the normal human capacity. We should be functioning once Christ is in us and we are in him, we're abiding in him. We are functioning on a level that is supernatural, that is not able, or we are not able to ever come close to on our own. I mean, to me, this is mind blowing. This like lights a fire in me to not stay in the shallow waters of the gospel and miss all of this really, really cool stuff that he's offered us. If that's possible to live like that, I want it. Whatever price I have to pay to get it, I want it. I want to know what it feels like to abide in Christ. I want to experience that for myself. Um, That is the making us new as he begins to just take up residence in us through the power of the Spirit. I, uh, I think as we have just a few more minutes before we wrap up this entire season, I want to just focus on one beautiful concept that to me is just the pinnacle, the summit of this whole climb. If we go back to the Galatians 5 list, the fruit of the Spirit, the one we haven't really honed in on yet and we need to is love. It's knowing his love for ourselves personally, daily, being filled with it, being consumed with it, experiencing it on a very intimate and personal level so that I could look at you and say, oh, I know he loves me. I know it. I live in it every day. I'm aware of it. Not just talking about it. He loves us. This generic, oh, yes, I know he loves I'm talking about experience it even more than I experience my husband's love for me or my kids love for me. I am just dwelling in his love. That's to me the ultimate um, blessing of abiding in Christ. In fact, when he in John, let me let me turn over to this in John 15, when he teaches his disciples this um, and tells them, talks to them about abiding and what that's going to look like. He says in verse 10, if you keep my commandments, if you listen to all these things, the way I've told you to do this, he shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So isn't that cool? It's not just about abiding in him. It's about abiding in his love, tasting it, knowing it, knowing I am cherished and treasured and adored That he loves me personally, knows me personally. You cannot abide in him and not taste that. 
It's the most beautiful thing. So as I've thought about how to capture the experience of this love, um, I keep, I kept going back in my mind over and over to Ephesians chapter three, because Paul gives a prayer there that I, I've memorized it. I've that page of my scriptures is just worn out and marked up and, and I've just been there again and again and again, because this prayer feeds my soul and it, it ties in exactly to what we're talking about. It's Ephesians chapter three. Oh, I didn't write down the verse. I've been there a thousand times and I'm like, wait, which verse is it? It's the end. It's the last several verses. I'm hurrying to try to get there. We're going to read it in um, the King James, but we're also going to read it in the message because the message translation just, oh man, I just love it so much. I read, I wrote the message translation in my King James right next to it so I could remember. Um, So we're going to start in verse... 14, where Paul has been teaching them, but he now he, he begins to pray. And he says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And this is what he asks for, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, which is a beautiful, beautiful promise in and of itself, right? Be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. But then he continues, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. There it is. That he can live in you, be in you, dwell in you, abide in you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, when he's dwelling in us, it roots us and grounds us in his love that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. It's beyond anything you've even understood up to this point. I mean, again, I'm not saying we've never known his love or felt his love. I don't think we'd still be followers of him if we had not tasted it on different levels over the years. So I'm not saying this is something we haven't experienced, but the abiding kind of love when we dwell in him and we are in him continually throughout the day. And that love is just right there filling us. This is what passes knowledge. He says that he might be filled with all the fullness of God, the fullness of his love, but also all the other wonderful things we talked about, the fullness of his joy, the fullness of his patience, the fullness of his wisdom, his strength. Everything he is coming and dwelling inside of our hearts. It's just, to me, the thought is literally overwhelming. But let's let's do the message translation real quick. Because, I mean, Eugene Peterson, who made that translation, just gives it like exclamation points times 10. (laughs) It just says it in a way that I just don't think I can. So the message starts that same prayer. With Paul saying, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. There it is. There's our goal to let him live in us. Not just be with us, not just beside us, not just helping us occasionally, living, staying, dwelling, abiding in us as we open the door and invite him in. Then he finishes. And I ask him with both feet planted firmly on love, 
you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. That's the beauty of what we get to spend the rest of our lives doing. As we come to him for renewal, it's not just that he's going to fix us, (laughs) which is good that he does. I'm not saying (laughs) it's good that he does. I needed transformation. I needed reconstruction in my mind. But it's not all there. That's not all there is to it. As we come to him and abide in him, we abide also in his love. And like Eugene described in the message, we get to begin to taste for ourselves the extravagant dimensions of his love. He says, reach out, test it. You can never get to the end of it. The heights, the depths, the length, it just is more than you ever thought your little heart could need. It'll meet every single need that you've ever had. It'll calm every storm. It'll heal every wound. His love is the summit. It's the, it's the tip of the iceberg. It's the beauty and the treasure at the end of the rainbow. (laughs) I know I'm gushing, but I have to drive home. That's the health of the mind is abiding in Christ and knowing his love. I I heard John Eldridge and his wife, Stacy say once in the book, captivating, I'm not going to quote it directly, but I adore that book. They, they introduced the idea, you know, what happens to a woman's heart when she knows she's loved? What happens when you know it? Whether you're in love or not, whether you've ever fallen in love. I mean, there's enough chick flicks in the world to know what happens. We come alive, don't we? When, we're know, when we know we're loved, when we feel that sense of love and it's flooding us, we're, we're brought to life. We just, we just shine with a happiness that that just penetrates every single cell of our body. That is what we're talking about when we come into Christ and abide in him. It's not just for him to make us stronger. It's as though that he can pour out his love on us. Yes, heal our minds, calm our souls, make the crazy (laughs) go away. But it's also just to enjoy a relationship of love with him. That's intimate and personal, so intimate, in fact, because he's in us. And, and my, you know, my husband can love me, but he can't be with me and in me every single second of every day, no matter where I am, but Christ can. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's on your plate, no matter what you have to face, when he is in us, everything changes. Ah. Oh. I did that last season too, or last episode too. This has been so much for me to try to put into words. How do you, how do you describe in words a process that's just so big and so life-changing? But I have to try, right? I hope I've lit a fire in you. I hope you're well on your way down this path. But if you've just been listening along, I would encourage you. Oh, there is a treasure. <laughs> Start this journey for yourself. Make it personal. personal. I could do several episodes just on what the love of Christ has done as he's began to fill me and transform me through that. I'm different. I'm different. And I'll praise him for the rest of my life for all he has meant um, to me and in my heart. 
best wishes on your journey. If you only listened to one season, I hope it was this one. <laughs> I, I mean, season one, we talked about a lot of powerful stuff, but this one, it does. It changes everything. I just wish you all the love in my heart on this journey that you too will find the time to seek him and to know him and begin to abide in him. Thank you for being part of this season with me. I hope you'll continue as we move on. Have a great day.